Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 161 of the Mo Money Podcast. It's me, it's Jessica Morehouse, back with another amazing episode for you. This one about mindfulness. Um, Mindfulness is a topic that I I feel like a lot of people may not necessarily associate with money, but it's actually a a topic that's also becoming increasingly more uh, popular. A lot more, you know, personal finance experts and authors and bloggers and podcasters, oh my, uh, are talking about. And I think it's, uh, you know, there's some real big reasons why. Um, Mindfulness has to do with being more conscious just more aware of our decisions. Now, this can apply to any area of life. I think it's very significant in your personal finance life because uh, a lot of the times we are earning money, we are spending money, and we don't really, like, it's almost unconscious. We, it's almost automatic. We're an autopilot a lot of these times. Uh, you know, it's so easy, especially when it comes to spending, just to swipe or tap or whatever. And then completely forget what we just did. I am completely, uh, you know, uh, someone who does this all the time and I'm trying to get better at it. So that's why I really wanted to have my next guest on for us to really go deep and talk more about mindfulness and how we can integrate this more into our lives and not make it another thing that we have to check off or whatever, just like integrate it seamlessly into our lives so uh, we can kind of reap the rewards of doing that. So I am going to be talking with Lori Cameron. She is the uh, author of the National Geographic book, The Mindful Day, Practical Ways to Find Focus, Calm, and Joy from Morning to Evening, which is now out. Um, And we go through a ton of different things, but really, I just wanted to kind of get, you know, to know, like, what are some of the basics of mindfulness? What are some actionable things that we can all do today in our daily lives to practice it? And what are some of the benefits of doing this over the long term? So, we get into all of this amazing stuff uh, in this episode. Before I get to that interview with Lori, uh, just a few words about this episode's sponsor. It's spring cleaning time, but I'm not talking about decluttering your home. I'm talking about taking this opportunity to organize your finances. If you want to prevent a headache next tax season and want to get your business in better shape this year, then this is the time to do something about it. Where should you start? Well, I use FreshBooks to keep my business in check, and you might want to do the same. For the past 13 years, FreshBooks has been making really intuitive cloud accounting software. And as a result, they've carved out a massive following of freelancers and self-employed folks, like myself. Not only is FreshBooks ridiculously easy to use, it also has a number of powerful features. You can create an invoice in under 30 seconds. You can make professional-looking proposals that include a project outline, scope of work, and timeline. You can even link your bank account so your business expenses are automatically added to FreshBooks. You see, there's a reason I've been using it for the past few years, and that's because it's simple and it works. And FreshBooks is offering MoMoney Podcast listeners a 30-day unrestricted free trial when you go to freshbooks.com slash mo and enter MoMoney Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, go to freshbooks.com slash mo and enter MoMoney Podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thank you so much, Lori, for joining me on the Momony Podcast. Oh, it's so good to be here. <laughs> I'm very excited to pick your brain and chat all things mindfulness with you. Um, mindfulness is a topic that I feel like, you know, that word wasn't as in use maybe a few years ago, but now, especially in the personal finance community, it is something that a lot of people are talking about. Lots of uh, talk about money mindset, because uh, I think what we're realizing is, 
money is way more than dollars and cents. It's more than math. It's more than picking the right stocks. It really has to do with, uh, you know, psychology. And so I'm very excited to kind of talk to you about some of that today. Um, but before we kind of jump in, uh, I would love to know a little bit about you. I know you're the CEO of Purpose Blue. What do you do there? And how did you get into the personal finance, or sorry, rather the mindfulness space? Um, so yes, yeah, so Purpose Blue is a, uh, a a consulting, coaching, and training organization, and we create programs to help people be more conscious at work, mm-hmm. um, in particular. So I'm mostly working with companies around the world, like uh, Deloitte. I'm a partner for Deloitte, which are is a firm that's squarely in the finance world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I work with accountants and tax advisors um, and consultants uh, all over the U.S. and helping them become more mindful, present, conscious, and choiceful. Um, And I've been in the field of human performance and human development for um, more than two decades. Oh, wow. So I started at Accenture, the management consulting firm, really in the... um, in the commitment or in the focus of um, talent development, human performance, and change. So why is it that some organizations thrive? What is it, what is it about their cultures and their people and their work processes and, and their skills? Mm-hmm. And, um, and how can we build up the capacity of individuals, teams, and companies? So I've always mm-hmm. been in that field. Uh, 22 years ago, I was introduced to this idea of mindfulness by one of my clients when I was at Accenture and I started training in the skills of strengthening the mind. Mm -hmm. So mindfulness involves both uh, very measurable concrete skills as well as um, mindsets or attitudes or principles, kind of the the compass or the guiding way we interpret Mm -hmm. our actions and what we do. So it's both skills and mindsets. I love that. Why why do you feel like, or I I mean, I I would like to get your uh, perspective perspective on it. Why do you feel like more people are more interested in learning mindfulness? I know at least for my generation, millennials, really starting to talk about mindfulness, meditation, doing yoga, you know, doing uh, digital detoxes and stuff like that. Why do you feel like right now more people are talking about it? Um, I think that's such a great question because it's been around for 2,500 years. So why Mm -hmm. now? There's a couple of forces that are coming together that are creating this revolution. One is that we have the neuroscience now. We've only had research in the last 10 years, which might sound like a long time for Mm -hmm. some people, but it's fairly new if you think about human human evolution. And, And really in the last two or three years that show the exact um, or, you know, close to the transformation that's happening in the structure of our brains when Mm -hmm. we meditate. So we can see what's happening in the prefrontal cortex where we make decisions and focus. We can see what's happening in the insula. um, That's sort of the the part of the brain associated with tracking emotions, which Mm -hmm. as you know, are very much a part of money. Absolutely. It's very emotional. Mm -hmm. So we can see now that by doing certain meditations, we can measure how people can shift their state. So we can see the the immediate effect of meditation and mindfulness. And what's even more exciting is we can see the long-term 
altered traits. Mm -hmm. So I can actually use my mind to change my brain, which then changes my mind, changes how I interact in the world. So we've got Mm -hmm. neuroscience and then we've got the fact that, as you know very well, we're connected to technology 24-7 now. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't true of the generations before us. Mm-hmm. So we're in a, we're Accenture calls to this day and age, um, the attention economy. Mm. And it's all about grabbing attention and, um, you know, whoever can harness attention wins. So we need to cultivate the skills to take back our attention yeah, and be more deliberate with what we're attending to. And do you think, I guess a lot of it has to do with, there's just so many options. There's so much information. There's so many opportunities because there is so much information and and because of the internet. I I mean, you know, you just talking about that, I'm like, yeah, I have a hard time focusing. And I feel like when I was younger, before social media, I didn't have that problem. As I've gotten older, I feel like, I mean, just like right now, I have, you know, uh, some notes written down to, you know, some talking points. And in that browser, there's four tabs open, you know, and that's like pretty good. Great Usually example. there's like 10 tabs open. So like, what is going so that's on? Great. So, the, you know, the some of the pain points that um, people come to me with, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. a coach. And when I'm working with leadership teams or different companies is what you da- what you named focus and overwhelm. Yeah. So the challenge is um, with all the fantastic uh, content that we do have available, how do we focus? And the other thing is a lot of us now are working more as free agents. Mm-hmm. We're working on multiple projects with multiple clients. And when we're in that world, they all don't know about each other. So everyone's got deadlines and demands and all that. So we have to navigate differently and we need the skills to be able to focus during overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And what mindfulness does is teach us how to pay attention deliberately. Mm -hmm. So it's paying attention on purpose in the present moment and doing that with a mindset of openness and curiosity so you can think of it as, as, as there's a skill of attention and then there's a skill of meta-attention or meta-awareness, mm-hmm. which is my ability to know where my attention is. Mm-hmm. And that second part is just as powerful as the first part. Mm-hmm. So when I realize that I'm lost, you know, I've fallen down a rabbit hole on Facebook or on Instagram, which is more my favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm, if I'm cruising Instagram or I'm, you know, deep in thought on an email that isn't even a top priority, then as soon as I realize that moment of awareness that this is not a priority, this is not what I need to be focused on, that's a moment of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So I realize that and I bring my attention back to what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a skill that most of us have lost. Like, I, you know, I, I'm speaking for myself, but I know a lot of people will be on social media or be doing something, watching Netflix, and it'll just like, you know, queue up the next episode. And we've almost lost the ability to to have that moment of like, whoa, 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 what am I doing right now? You just, you'll just be doing the same thing for a couple hours and realize that you've actually lost a couple hours because you weren't even doing the thing that you first intended to do. Um, but when you were talking, a, a word kind of popped into my brain. And I wonder if this is part of mindfulness or not. Maybe it's just a different strategy. But one of the things, because I feel, yeah, we are always go, go, go. We are doing a lot of different things. We're always multitasking. One thing that I try to do to keep myself sane 
is used like kind of the word compartmentalize. And that's what a lot of people talk about is like, well, you have to, and is that kind of a the same thing as realizing what you need to focus on? Or is that kind of a different thing, do you think? Well, um, it depends on what we're talking about. So when we use the word compartmentalize, which is used by, you know, Sheryl Sandberg and, you know, the, mm-hmm. an executive at, at uh, Facebook and other people, if we're talking about emotions, yeah. it's not the best approach. Okay. Um, because when we compartmentalize emotions, often we are denying them or suppressing them or avoiding them. Mm. So I might have an interaction with a client or my boss and feel really triggered, you know, feel like, okay, this project I've been working on just got the funding pulled away from it. You know, what do I do now? So I feel really triggered. And if I compartmentalize myself, if I say, okay, I'm just going to put a box around that and move it to the side, Mm. all that emotion that's suppressed is really unhealthy. Mm. One, it creates a lot of health, negative health outcomes. You know, that's cortisol and adrenaline and all the inflammation. Um, But also it's kind of percolating, you know, it's simmering. And in my next meeting or a meeting at the end of the day, or I walk into my apartment, you know, and talk to a roommate or a partner I'll, I can be more irritable and impatient and blurt things out and be, you know, not the present, open, connected person I want to be because mm-hmm. I'm compartmentalizing all these arenas. So what we want to learn to do is openly acknowledge and allow whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's a different strategy than um, suppressing or pushing away. Okay. So is it's it a word that's used yeah. all the time? I love that it. It is. Yeah. Cause it always seemed like that was like, like what successful people do. Cause there's so many things going on. How do you like, I love the idea of being able to kind of just deal with things as they come, but it seems hard to put into practice. Like just like your, you know, example yeah. going into your boss's office and you don't get the outcome you like, how, normally what I would do is just suppress that and deal with it when I get home, cry or, or just, you know, rant later. Like what, how did actually responsibly professionally deal with something like that in the moment? So it doesn't like fester. Yeah. So that's a great question. So, cause that happens to all of us every day, one way or the other. So what we do is we acknowledge the emotion that's there right now. Maybe when you're standing in your boss's office or when you're walking out or you get back at your desk and you say, whoa, I've got this heaviness in my chest. My, my, my hands are sweaty. You know, my, my heart's beating fast. And the reason I'm listing those physiological signs is emotions are physiological sensations that begin in the body. And with mindfulness, we train ourselves to recognize those physiological signs. So they give us information. Mm-hmm. And so we say, okay, this is here. What's this about? And you might say, I'm, I'm feeling like I've lost autonomy on this project, or I don't feel like my boss sees me as competent because they took the funding or cut my headcount, or whatever it is. We use, we use inquiry to mm. ask ourselves, what am I believing? What's going on here? What emotions are here? And even with that question, even that little space, mm. and by acknowledging the emotion and asking the question, we start to dissipate that, mm. that emotion. So instead of bottling it up or compartmentalizing it, we just allow, we give it some air, we create some space, and then we do the next step, which is skillful action. Mm. So then we say, what would the wise, skillful thing 
Um, what would be my next best, act, best action or what can I do right now that would be skillful? And perhaps in that scenario, it's, you know, I'm going to write an email in a couple of hours to my boss summarizing what I think happened in that meeting and what recommendation I have for next step. Or I'm going to request a follow-up meeting on Tuesday. So we can think from a clear space Mm -hmm. because we've allowed the emotion. Mm. If I stuff it down, I might jump into the next meeting or blast off the next email or, you know, text my friends to say, meet me at the bar at six o'clock. And I, I don't really get the chance to be wise. Yeah. And operate from clarity. I like that. So instead of kind of, yeah, just like pushing it down and then letting it kind of explode later, if you kind of just deal with it and more, it seems kind of like in my mind, I visualize something just a little bit more consistent and you just kind of let it breathe and move out. And, and then it's, you you won't, you know, have that kind of big emotion. You'll have kind of just more of a calmer, more consistent. It allows for things to settle again. Yeah. So there's the, the idea is, you know, emotions have a wave. You can imagine, you know, like a, a sine wave and Mm -hmm. they, they begin and then they peak and then they go, they go away. And, and we actually do a couple of different things. Either we, we start to fuel that fire by throwing more logs on, you know, playing back all the times the boss has done this to us or, you know, blaming ourselves, our inner critic kicks in and we start to like fuel that emotion. So it lasts, right? Mm -hmm. We either do that or we suppress it or stuff it down or deny it, which also doesn't allow allow the emotion to just ride its waves. Yeah. And so we create space, we let it take its course and then we get smart and then we yeah. get skillful. And I guess and what kind of happens is you start making smarter, better choices for yourself. Like that's kind of, it seems like the best outcome or benefit to adding mindfulness, which is kind of how I think of it in terms of personal finance. If you integrate mindfulness in all areas of your life, you'll make better choices. Those will include your financial choices. And I, I think a lot of the reasons people make, you know, mis- money mistakes, they make bad choices, poor choices is because it is rooted in emotion and not being wise, like you say. Yeah. And, you know, I will say, you know, you just summarized that so well. And I wanted to give you and your listeners a practice, a mm. very simple practice they can use in that example with a boss or maybe they're sitting down with their monthly budget and they're, they want to shift things around and say, you know, am I, is my spending in alignment with what matters most? Yeah. So um, the simple practice is called three breaths. Mm. And in the first breath, you bring your attention to breathing. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing there is taking our attention out of the swirling, ruminating thoughts or out of the tsunami of emotion in the body and just bringing it to the process of breathing in and mm-hmm. out. Because what that does is calm our nervous system and create a little space. Mm-hmm. And then the second breath, we bring attention to relaxing the body. So you just tell yourself, relax. And you think about your body, you just, you know, unclench your fists, you know, um, let go of your clenched jaw or your tight back and just relax the body. And then the third breath, you say, what's important now? Mm-hmm. So when I do this in real time, it's just three breaths. I drew it out to explain it. So I'll just do, mm-hmm. and we can do this together, sure. you know, just breathe. Relax and ask, what's important now? So it's three breaths. 
Mm-hmm. And that's something where we can create space during the day. And we can also, you know, when we're sitting down for a meeting with a financial advisor, or if you are a financial advisor, when you're meeting with a client and they get emotional around money decisions, mm-hmm. which is ine- inevitable, mm-hmm. then you can do that practice. It's like putting the oxygen mask on yeah. yourself. Or you can even teach it to your client if you work with clients. Yeah. So it's just a great um, way to integrate mindfulness in the day. Very easy. Um, so you have a book coming out, which is very exciting. It's called The Mindful Day, Practical Ways to Find Focus, Calm, and Joy from Morning to Evening. And again, like mindfulness and these kind of practices are becoming so much more talked about and popular, especially with millennials who uh, lots of us grew up with the internet and social media and feel that overwhelm all the time. Uh, and then a lot of us, you know, have a day job, we have a social life, we have money to deal with, we may have a side hustle, so we have an extra job on top of that all these different things going on. And I know a lot of us, when I you know, talk to a lot of people um, for my financial counseling practice, uh, it's the overwhelm. It's the feel that they, have, they don't have control. And it seems like that's another kind of thing that mindfulness will help you is to kind of gain back control of your life and your decisions. So I would like to talk a little bit about what else do you talk about in your book that people can expect to read? Well, you know, one of the key themes of the book is that you don't have to go on a mindfulness retreat. Mm-hmm. You don't have to sign up for a Monday night class because all the people yeah. I work with say, I don't have time mm-hmm. for one more thing. Exactly. Like, I get that mindfulness is important. I've heard a little bit about the science, but I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Do not add anything. So this entire book is structured around a day. This was the the brilliance of National Geographic. They're mm. the publishers. And they said, you know what? We need practical, accessible ways to learn how to be mindful in the very day we already have. So mm. we structured it in the first section is home. So from waking up, you know, what are you doing in your bed? What are you doing when you step out? What does it mean to take a shower with mindfulness? Mm-hmm. How can I be present and notice the, the smell of the shower gel and the feel of the water in my body, those, if I'm using my senses, I'm in the present moment. I'm, I'm mindful. So I, versus, you know, planning my day and thinking about meetings coming up or replaying a, a conversation with my boyfriend the night before, I could actually be mindful in the shower. So it takes us through the day from commuting to focusing during overwhelm at work, having difficult conversations um, prioritizing, finding your purpose to play. A lot mm-hmm. of us love, we work hard and we play hard. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm an open water swimmer. I love dancing. Um, I love, I'm a painter. So how can I use these activities that I love to integrate mindfulness mm-hmm. into how I play and how I hang out with others? And then um, there's a whole section on love. Mm. You know, relationships are what matters. Mm-hmm. So how can I see my friends and people I love and people I work with with a beginner's mind, mm-hmm. with fresh eyes? You know, we sort of get, we sort of kind of assess people and have an idea about them. And then we, we just hang on to that idea. Mm-hmm. We don't notice when they're changing and growing. And so how do we bring mindfulness into self-care and self-love and mm-hmm. how we love others? And then there's home. So when I come in the door at the end of the day and I've got all that, you know, stress from the day and all that amped up energy, how can I transition 
to um, really arriving in my day, connecting with people I live with, uh, cultivating a home that is beautiful and um, decluttered so it supports mm-hmm. being present. So it's a sanctuary. Mm. And then how do I, you know, how do I have a bedtime routine and ease into sleep so I really rest? Mm-hmm. So it really goes through the day because I agree with you. We're all overwhelmed these yeah. days and we don't need an additional program. Mm-mm. We need to be mindful in the day we already have. Exactly. And make it simple that we can find five minutes here, 10 minutes there or whatever. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, just thinking of what you're talking about, I mean, people, you know, when I used to work in the corporate world, I would have my long commute and stuff. I'm like, I would be able to practice some of these things when wow. I was just waiting on the subway. Yes. And wouldn't I be in a better mood when going, you know, to the offices if I was doing that every, you know, on the way to the office and back home from the office. Very easy things to uh, integrate. Um, you know, before I let you go, uh, just to kind of reiterate, what are some of the kind of outcomes or just long-term benefits that people can uh, experience by practicing mindfulness? I think some people may think that's just something that you do a couple times and then you're good to go, but it's something that you, it's a lifestyle thing. You have to integrate it and it's kind of a long-term strategy a little bit. Well, you just said that beautifully. So thank you. Um, (laughs) So it is um, more than a set of tips. It's not techniques and tips. It's actually building new skills. So you can think of it as taking your mind to the gym and building up um, the skills of attention, uh, attention. I don't like to use the word control, but Mm. it really is attentional stability. Mm. I can direct my attention in this crazy distracted world where I want it to be. And I can maintain my attention. That is a really hard thing for us to do. Yeah. We actually have an attention span that's shorter than a goldfish. It's shorter than, it's about nine seconds before we get distracted. (laughs) Um, So I can maintain attention. I can regulate emotions. So when I feel that tsunami of a a big emotion coming in, I recognize it very early on Mm -hmm. because I've trained with a body scan practice and I'm tuned in and I can down-regulate emotions. And then I I increase my self-awareness. This is so powerful. Mm-hmm. We're, we're finding in research with successful people all over the world that what sets them apart is that they're self-aware. Mm. They recognize how they show up with others. They recognize their emotions real time in the moment when they're having them mm-hmm. and they can shift their state. Um, they recognize their patterns and they know what their strengths are so they can make choices that align with that and they can do less of things that aren't serving them. Mm-hmm. So self-awareness is big. And for me, um, I would summarize it as I, I alleviate the suffering, the stress in everyday life. I kind of go through life with a little more easygoingness. Mm-hmm. I have more self-confidence. Mm-hmm. I know that whatever happens, I can take a breath and navigate it with more ease. So I have less stress and I have more joy. Mm-hmm. So I bring mindfulness. I'm paying attention to the good, to yeah. the good in each moment or when I'm noticing there's so much to notice in all of our lives. I notice it and I take it in. There's a practice in the book called Taking in the Good. I actually install it. like I'm installing a little software program in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it goes into my body and my heart and mind, and it's not just a fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. So I can amplify joy and savor life more. 
and I can reduce the stress, the rub, the freneticism, the multitasking, the anxiety, the, the hard stuff goes down. Yeah. And I think that that for me is the incredible power of mindfulness. 100%. That sounds amazing. I want to definitely yeah. grab a copy of your book and start <laughs> integrating it right now. Same with my husband, because that is always something that we talk about constantly. Like, we know that, and I think this is with lots of people, it's like, we know the issue. The issue is we're anxious, we're stressed, we're tired, we're overwhelmed. But uh, I think a lot of us are still at the beginning stage of figuring out well, that solution. So where can more people find out uh, more information about you and grab a copy of your book? Oh, thank you. I would love to hear from your listeners. Mm -hmm. um, they can join my mindfulness community at purposeblue.com. That's the name of my company. And we've got a great vibrant community there and I'm very active on Instagram. Oh, so great. find me there at Laurie J. Cameron. I release the practices and the teachings and all kinds of stuff on through Instagram. And um, my book is available now uh, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and wherever books are sold. And I would just love your listeners to to read it and let me know on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or in my community what you know. What are the different situations that are in the book that really spoke to them? Mm -hmm. The different challenges or the different um, things that bring them happiness and joy, and how they're integrating these practices in their own life. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd I want to hear to from too. you and your husband. I will. <laughs> I'll yeah. give you an update because yeah, believe be me, we've been trying to figure out, we've been trying lots of different things. And uh, and it's funny, you know, that I'm talking to you too, because uh, several months ago we signed up to do this. It was, I think it was a week or maybe it was a weekend and it was kind of a meditation silence retreat. And we both realized, we looked at our calendars and we're like, there's this, we just don't have time to dedicate all that time to hopefully kind of jumpstart this mindfulness journey. And so we both canceled. <laughs> but, and I think it's because we realized it's like, I need something that I could integrate in my day, not have some yes. kind of special, you know, event that was great for that time. But in real life, it's hard to integrate. So I will definitely grab a copy of your book and try it out and let you know how it goes. <laughs> oh, that would be great. I'm, I'll, I'll offer you a follow-up call with me. Oh. Either we can do it on the podcast or yeah. we can do a half an hour Zoom session one-on-one, -on -one, but just to hear like what you and your husband have tried and yeah. what's working or what you think is like, no way that would never be us or, and, mm -hmm. and you and I'm sure you're going to find different things. Mm -hmm. So one of the key messages too, is there's no one size fits all formula. Yeah. We have different personalities and preferences, but it's about creating space in the middle of it all. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? And then just be more conscious about our choices, whether it's money Mm -hmm. or time or energy, which are all kind of similar. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we be more purposeful with how we spend it and how we mm -hmm. save it? Absolutely. Well, Lori, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. You too. And that was episode 161 of the Momenty podcast with Lori Cameron. She is the author of the book that you'll probably want to pick up because I'm going to pick it up too. It's called The Mindful Day, Practical Ways to Find Focus, Calm, and Joy from Morning to Evening. Uh, you can grab your copy on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Uh, you can also uh, find out more about her and her organization, Purpose Blue, at purposeblue.com. And of course, make sure to check out the show notes for more information about stuff that we talked about at jessicamorehouse.com slash 161. Um, so don't go away. Just a few more things I want to share with you. Uh, but before I get to that, here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. 
track your hours, format the estimate, work out taxes, capture your expenses, chase that late payment, prepare the invoice, submit the proposal. Welcome to the worst part of being a freelancer, otherwise known as paperwork. The good news is that the good people at FreshBooks have created a ridiculously easy cloud accounting software for freelancers that turns tackling these time-sucking, never-ending tasks into no big thing. Send a polished invoice in 30 seconds, set yourself up to get paid online in two clicks, and manage your expenses by taking pictures of receipts from your phone. Oh, and if you need to whip up a quick proposal to land the gig, FreshBooks has you covered too. Now you can include an outline of your project, scope of work, and a timeline as part of your estimate. No more switching software, no more fussing over style and formatting, and most importantly, no more wasting your precious time. To find out all the ways FreshBooks will transform how you deal with your paperwork and to get a free 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com slash mo and enter a Mo Money podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash mo and enter Mo Money podcast in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right. Well, um, I'm so excited to dive more into Lori's book and you can too, if you like, because I'm actually including that book in my book giveaway. That's right. So I've been interviewing a ton of authors this season and there's been some amazing books, inspiring books, and uh, I've been inspired by reading them and I want to inspire you too, get you moving and motivated uh, with your money and your life. So uh, if you want to enter to win a copy of one of the books by uh, the authors that I've featured on this season, and there's a, a long list, head on over to jessicamorehouse.com slash book giveaway or the show notes, of course, jessicamorehouse.com slash 161. More information on how you can enter to win a copy of a book for free. Um, yeah, this is actually kind of like the perfect time to uh, grab a book, go outside and just read and absorb and get inspired. Um, so yeah, head on over jessicamorehouse.com slash book give away. Also, one last thing to remind you of, today's the last day that you can take advantage of my special promo for the Rich and Fit courses that me and my business partner, Jacqueline Phillips, have going on. You can check more out about them at richandfit.co. But basically, we've got the Rich and Fit Boot Camp, which is a six-week uh, boot camp all about whipping your finances and physique into shape. Uh, then we also have the Rich and Fit Financial Foundation. So this is just a course about getting your finances right in six weeks. Uh, everything you need to know about setting yourself up with a solid financial foundation. Um, and if you just want to focus on your fitness, we've got Rich and Fit Fitness Foundations, a six-week course with meal plans, workouts, videos, um, everything you need to do to create a solid fitness foundation for yourself. So if you want to take this opportunity to actually take action and uh, get your money, get your body right, then uh, make sure to visit our website, richandfit.co under the courses category or courses section. So it's richandfit.co slash courses if you like. And uh, if you want to purchase, make sure to use the promo code MOMONEY to get 20% off your purchase. This is the last day to do it. So take advantage of it. Again, I'll include all this information in the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 161. All right, that is it for me. I'll be back here next week. We have got four more episodes um, before this season wraps up and I take the summer off. So make sure to hit that subscribe button. Make sure to uh, leave me an iTunes review. If you liked what you heard today or in the past um, and you want to get a shout out on a future episode, which I will be doing, 
moving forward with the next couple of episodes doing shout outs. Uh, make sure to do that right now. It takes two seconds. iTunes review. You will not regret it. And uh, it'll just be fun hearing your name and your review out loud from me. Okay, that's it for me. Have a good rest of your week. Really appreciate you listening. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh new episode of the Mo Money Podcast. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.